Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, it's greetings and felicitations as we take up the Squire of Gothos. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission, to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Episode 17, The Squire of Gothos, start eight. 2124.5. Eight days away from Colony Beta 6 on a supply delivering mission, the Enterprise encounters an unknown planet in quadrant 904. Sulu and Kirk then vanish from the bridge and are presumed to have been transported to the planet. However, geophysicist Carl Jaeger reports that the planet has no soil or vegetation, but does possess an extremely hot and toxic atmosphere. The Enterprise then receives a message greetings and felicitations, followed by hip hip hooray tally ho. McCoy, Navigator DeSalle, and Jagger beam down to find Sulu and Kirk, only to find that the planet's surface is lush and the atmosphere breathable. However, their communicators are inoperable. They discover a castle and are introduced to its occupant, the playful harpsichord playing alien calling himself General Trelane retired. Trelane amuses himself using machines with the ability to transform energy and matter and has been making a study of Earth and believes it to be as it was 900 years previously, the light travel time from his planet to Earth, that's light speed. Trelane insists they all stay, but Kirk and DeSaul tried to shun him with a stun him, rather, with a phaser. Trelane confiscates the phaser and amuses himself by vaporizing his statuaries. Bones' tricorder fails to register Trelane at all, and Jaeger notices that the fire's giving off no heat. Spock is able to beam them aboard the Enterprise by beaming up every life form in the area. Trelane is upset by this and puts an appearance on the bridge in and quickly brings the landing party back to Gothos, this time including Spock Uhura and Yeoman Teresa Ross. Spock tells Trelane, I object to you, I object to intellect without discipline, I object to power without constructive purpose. Kirk notices that Trelane never strays far from a mirror and guesses the mirror hides the source of Trelane's power. Kirk therefore challenges Trelane to a duel, giving him the giving the impression that he is offended by Trelane's attentions to Yeoman Ross. He instead, however, uses the opportunity to destroy the mirror. Kirk's supposition is proved correct, and the landing party once again escapes to the Enterprise. However, as the Enterprise attempts to warp away, Gothos keeps appearing directly in its path. Kirk is forced to re-enter orbit and beams down to have it out with the Squire directly. Trelane becomes upset and condemns Kirk to death by hanging in a trial for the crimes of treason against a superior authority, conspiracy, and an attempt to foment insurrection. 
Kirk convinces Trelane that there is no sport in a simple slaying and manages to escape death in a deadly hide-and-seek game. In return, Trelane agrees to let the Enterprise go. Unfortunately, Trelane welches on his promise when Kirk wins the game and refuses to release the Enterprise. However, the wayward Trelane is finally taken away by his green energy form parents to be disciplined, and the Enterprise is released. So, what was uh, some of the fun facts from this episode? Well, Trelane's words upon meeting Yeoman Ross were, quote, Is this the face that launched a thousand ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium? Fair Helen, make me immortal with a kiss. Actually come from Christopher Marlowe's 17th century play, Dr. Faustus. So, once again, a classical reference in Trek. They're filled throughout this, and it's something that makes, uh, I think, Star Trek, the original series, quite a bit of fun. The Squire of Gothos brings up a theme that we see in other Star Trek episodes, which is aliens underestimating the crew because they expect the crew of the Enterprise to be as they were in the past. By doing this, however, it's a great science fiction trope because the aliens demonstrate how we used to be in the past. Trelane assumes that the crew of the Enterprise glorifies war and marginalizes women and non-Anglo cultures. Um, And the crew basically says, we put that all behind us, and the message is we're doing better than we did in the past, but we will do better, even better in the future. So we must go forward and cope with that future. So I thought that was an interesting message because the script and was written really as an anti-war script. I have to remember this came out during the 60s, so it's not too surprising that we would have an anti-war script. And William Campbell, the actor, a fine actor indeed, who plays Trelane, uh, was viewed, uh, or rather the role was viewed as that as an English fop. So I found that uh, particularly interesting. Yet, um, it uh, uh, really works in this uh, situation, although the original choice for Trelane was Roddy McDowell, so uh, no, no, no word or wonder about how things might go. But when Campbell showed up for his audition, he read one paragraph and uh, nailed it. And he got the, uh, the role. Uh, the episode also marks marks the first appearance of William, or rather Michael Barrier, as Lieutenant DeSalle. Uh, the character returns in two further episodes. So uh, really a lot of interesting things in this uh, episode. I know that uh, when we get to the compliance takeaways, you will find those interesting as well. Next up, compliance takeaways. So what are some of the compliance takeaways from this episode? Well, what do you, should you make of something when the basic facts are so wrong? Um, and I don't mean here the Trump administration's alternative facts, and certainly not the lies of the Trump administration. Um, but uh, what happens when the facts are really so antithetical to uh, known science? So, for instance, Trelane has failed to keep abreast of, or at least take account of, the distance from his home planet to Earth and has failed to shift the um, time, the 900 light years. So he does not believe that the planet Earth 
populace that he is observing has the ability of star travel. Now, he uh, sort of uh, offhandedly says, no matter, you're here, I will deal with you as you are. But what do you do when the facts are so antithetical to sort of a known reality? And as a compliance officer, how do you account for this? Well, I think you account for this is you have to ground your decisions really in a demonstrable uh, set of data that can be not only tested but verified. So trust but verify is a part of every compliance pro program, but also test but verify. Next up, um, Spock particularly is upset with or um, thinks poorly of Trelane because of uh, Trelane's not having a constructive purpose. He objects to intellect without discipline. So what do you do when the sales force it becomes too easy for them. Why is it too easy? How is it too easy? If someone uh, continually is your top salesman, is it because they are literally the best salesman in your organization? Should they be the best salesman every year? Is that something you need to consider uh, doing some additional risk management techniques? And finally, uh, I was very struck by Trelane as the uh, head of this planet, having his own planet, and he was described in many ways as a very spoiled child. And here I would like you to consider how much power do country managers have outside of the United States? Are your internal controls as robust outside of the United States as they are inside of the United States? Uh, this is a continual tension, but uh, country managers very often are like the captains of the ship or here like Trelane on his planet, and they have the ability, literally, of uh, life or death for those who work under them. In the Me Too era, that's, this could certainly be uh, a difficult situation, but even more so around bribery and corruption, if you don't have the ability for oversight, you may have a uh, problem going forward. So what is country manager risk? Do you have the appropriate set of controls, and do you have oversight over your country manager going forward? I hope you will join us tomorrow when we have uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, the episode Arena, and of course, that means Bobby Clark as the Gorn. Please join us tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.